0: You listen to me. You're Nick
1: Fucking! Woo Cage! Hello and welcome to the Nick Fucking Woo Cage cast. My name is Rob Humphrey and I'm joined as always by Cat Valore. Cat, how are you? Oh! Uh,
0: I'm doing all right.
1: Yeah, all right. It was a, a rough night for me last night. I, I don't know how you fared, but the tequila won.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, so,
1: yeah, if that sums up how I'm doing it all for you.
0: I uh, I thought the whiskey had won. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, but it turns out I'm just still a little bit sick. I've got like a head cold thing oh, going yeah. on where my sinuses are all fucked up.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I do remember you saying that because I wasn't sure while. we were going to record today. <laughs>
0: Um, uh, th- the good news, though, once I realized that it was just me being sick and the whiskey had not won, it was an excuse to have a little bit more whiskey. <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> there you go. I uh, I passed on more tequila. I <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to try
0: like a hair of the dog thing. No, <laughs> have tequila no. in the morning. <laughs> no,
1: no. It, uh, it it definitely won last night, that's for sure. Um, so we, uh, we always start off with Nick Cage news, and there's a little bit, uh, not a lot. Um, I guess the biggest thing is that uh, Nick Cage is now available on Dead by Daylight. You can buy the Nick Cage oh, really? character. You can play as Nicolas Cage. Um, I haven't watched much people, m- any videos really of people playing. Um, I've seen just a little bit. Um, I have not. I, I actually was going to play uh, the other night and I sat down and realized that I had never installed Dead by Daylight on my PS5. <laughs> Uh, so I started that process, but then I got bored about halfway through and, and just started watching TV, and I don't know if it ever even finished. Uh, but I'll get to it at some point, I think, because it does look like it's fun.
0: The true Dead by Daylight experience is... <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yeah, now that now that uh, the true experience is available. But uh, yeah, you can play as Nicolas Cage now. Um, also, uh, the new movie Sympathy for the Devil is now available. Um, it is playing... Oh, in select theaters nowhere near me um but it, it I is, don't
0: think it's playing near me but I am going to double check that real quick
1: <laughs> yeah it's also available on demand you can rent it it looks like it's like 7 bucks to rent everywhere or you can buy it for 15 digitally right now um so it looks good I'm going to check it out I'll probably rent it um and and check it out I just I, I haven't gotten around to it yet either um I was hoping that it would play in a theater near me, but that is not the case. I've checked all the theaters around here, and no one's showing it.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. They closed the AMC that was close to me, so now I never get to do stuff like this, because they're always at AMCs.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird, too, because you would think AMC, this big corporate theater chain, would not have these smaller films, right? But they they always seem to have them. Um, And now I don't have an AMC near me since I moved and it sucks because Regal, quite honestly, is a terrible theater chain. I hate them, um, yet I'm forced to patronize them.
0: So here's the thing. I also don't like Regal, except my favorite local movie theater. There's this one Regal uh, theater that just does not give a fuck. Uh, (laughs) It does not do whatever the other local like regal theaters are doing and they are always empty like nobody goes there it's always super quiet they just serve like whatever snacks they want
1: um (laughs) all right i mean they're they're
0: super old and like and and i understand because like the you know like the chair quality the building quality is kind Mm. of suspect uh you can always tell that they've just like stocked the drink case from like whatever was at the gas station i don't get (laughs) they, they have so much charm uh and it is weird that my favorite theater now is a Regal, because before, like when I had the AMC, it was like, I can't imagine ever wanting to go to a Regal. And then I found that one really shady one. And it's like, I love this theater.
1: Yeah, the um the Regal near me kind of sounds a lot like that in the in the um, at least in the department of being run down with like a bunch of the seats <laughs> when you go in the theater are broken and stuff. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's really terrible. I I don't like it at all. Um, I wish I had my AMC experience back, but I'm stuck with Regal Theaters. Um, And they're awful. And I was recently, uh, actually earlier today, trying to purchase a ticket for a movie I wanted to go see this week, and their app is busted, too, because the Regal app sucks. Um, Oh, of course. (laughs) Yeah, so that's uh, that's my experience dealing with them. But uh, no, they are not showing sympathy for the devil anywhere near me. Um, the only other Nick Cage news that I saw is that he has finally um, made mention of his Superman cameo in The Flash. Oh, um,
0: uh, what did he say about it?
1: Uh, he said that uh, he felt uh, he felt good about being able to do it. He was happy to finally be able to play that character, um, although he, sa- he did say that he was glad he didn't blink, because apparently it is super fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was nice to see it uh, on the screen, and if you really want to know what he was planning on doing with that character, the direction the character of Superman was going to go, had he been able to play him in Superman Lives, look at his performance in City of Angels
0: oh which is interesting
1: interesting. i have not seen city of angels but um apparently that was sort of the take that he had for uh superman and what he was hoping to go in and bring to the character um somewhat similar to that but um that Um, is all the nicholas cage news that i was able to scrounge up i don't i don't know if you found anything if you have anything
0: i did not find anything a quick update there is one single amc uh playing this in ohio it is 50 miles away from me and that seems like i shouldn't do it right is it wrong that i kind of want to go (laughs)
1: i'm going to i'm going to say this i have driven farther to see movies yeah Uh, this
0: wouldn't be the furthest i've driven it would be pushing it. It would be close.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be kind of close f- for but, me too, but I have I have driven upwards of an hour and a half to go see a movie that I really wanted to see that wasn't playing anywhere near me. Of course, this was back way back in the old-timey days when there wasn't <laughs> like digital wasn't a thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah.
1: You know, um I
0: guess it would be a little bit silly if I can rent it, but also Yeah.
1: I mean, that's <laughs> the thing like it can be rented, so it's not but I'd rather see it in a theater. Yeah. If I could. Yeah. I can't even find an AMC near me. Like, I don't know.
0: I I was surprised just now to find out there was one 50 miles from me because I didn't yeah. think we had any left at all in Ohio.
1: Yeah. Ugh. It appears the closest one to me is in Alabama. Um, Ooh. Yeah. That's it, rough. 386 miles away. I'm uh, probably not going to make that drive. And I don't even know if they're showing the movie. But man, I'm looking <laughs> at the AMC website. Man, I missed this. The website always worked. The app always worked. Everything just worked. It was so nice. The theater was clean. Uh, all right. Enough of my woes. Um, <laughs> are you ready to talk about Moonstruck?
0: I am ready and excited to talk about Moonstruck.
1: The moon. Brings the woman
0: to the man. Capisce? The moon is a little like love.
1: Will you marry me?
0: I will marry you. I will be your wife.
1: You love him, Loretta? No. Good. When you love him, they drive you crazy. Sometimes.
0: Why are you marrying Johnny? He's a fool. It makes you act a little crazy. Where are you taking me?
1: To the bed.
0: Isn't it romantic? You get a love bite on your neck.
1: Your life's going down the toilet.
0: Can I have your eyes open for you, my friend? I have my eyes open. I'll say no more. You haven't said anything. I can feel
1: the You ruined my life.
0: That's impossible. You ruined my
1: life. Look, it's Cosmo's move. Why do men chase women? Nerves. I don't want to talk about it. That moon. That crazy moon. Now, you don't. I love you. What? Snap out of it. I'm
0: confused. They say there's nothing new under the sun.
1: Wait a minute. Wait
0: a minute. But under the moon, that's another story.
1: You love him, Loretta? Ma, I love him awful. Oh, God, that's too bad.
0: Cher, Nicholas Cage, in a Norman Jewison film... La Familia, eh? La
1: Familia! Moonstruck. All right, Moonstruck was released on December 18th, 1987. It uh, had a budget of $15 million, and uh, its total box-off was $122.1 million. Okay. It made a lot of money, this one. Uh, directed by Norman Jewison, who... The uh, last thing I really remember seeing him uh, that he directed was Hurricane, I think, um, and he did like, I want to say he did Justice for All with Al Pacino back in the day, um, but uh, a noted director and uh, starring, of course, Nicolas Cage and Cher and just a great cast, Olympia Dukakis, Danny Aiello's in it, um, really, really uh, solid cast. Um, we usually start off talking about Nicolas Cage in the movie what do you think of Nicolas Cage in Moonstruck
0: Nicolas Cage is so good in Moonstruck I, <laughs> I like that he is Moonstruck it's kind of a weird movie because it's just for context for my Nicolas Cage score it's got a lot of weird elements while also feeling kind of down to earth like it's not a crazy over the top story for the most part Um, and I think Nicolas Cage being cast in Moonstruck and the performance that he gives us is one of those more ridiculous elements. He plays by far the most absurd character, uh, in this movie because he is, (laughs) uh, just everything about him. He takes everything so seriously and there are just all these like little weird aspects to his character that I think he plays up to their full effect. Um, really great.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um so I, I would agree with that. What, what I will say about um Nicolas Cage in this film is I was very worried. Um yeah. when he, when he showed up on screen the first time and, and the scene with him <laughs> like down by the ovens or whatever, uh huh. I was like, oh god, this might be the movie that Nicolas Cage ruins by being Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Like, I thought it was going to be way too much, and it is a lot. It's a lot. Especially given everything that's around him, but it still works. Um, I was was
0: surprised how... So, I I agree with you, because I thought by the time Nicolas Cage first shows up, we haven't gotten too many of those other... I don't want to call them whimsical, but we do have like very exaggerated moments in this movie and nicholas cage was the first one which makes you worried that mm-hmm. it's gonna be like i like you said too much i i was worried about that but he introduces sort of that you know very theatrical element to this movie uh that does end up balancing itself out i think
1: yeah yeah um yeah i was extremely worried because there, there are certain things that we've talked about like birdie was a total surprise for me. Um, it was a movie I'd yeah. never even heard of and I loved it. And I, th- I thought it was a spectacular film and I was very happy that I got to see it. it's really, um, one of the reasons that, you know, I, I wanted to-, to do this. And then there's things like the boy in blue, which I'd never heard of. And I wish I had still never heard of. <laughs> um, but with moonstruck, it's a movie I'd heard of and I wanted to see, but I know at some point we're going to come across a movie where Nicolas Cage is going to be too much. It, and
0: it, I know for a fact, there are movies where Nicolas yes. Cage is too much. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, it's going to happen. I was afraid it was going to be this movie. And I was sad about that because I was really enjoying this movie. Yeah. Um. Luckily it doesn't. I, I, I feel like he kind of tones down a little bit after that first appearance. He's still the most heightened thing He's still the most yes. intense thing happening in the movie.
0: Oh, by a long shot. Yeah, like, but
1: <laughs> but he does kind of rein it in just a little bit, and it doesn't feel out of place as we go through it. So I and I was super, super happy to see that because I was really super afraid that I was gonna have to come on here and be like, this is a great movie. Nicholas Cage fucked it all up.
0: <laughs> there um, was that moment of concern that I had. Um it was pretty fleeting for me, mm-hmm. though. Um and this is I think this is going to show up later as we get to the movies where Nicolas Cage is too much because I'm willing to abandon a pretty good movie just to see Nicolas Cage be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that was already. So, so I will say there was a fleeting moment of concern. Cause I'm really enjoying the movie and Nicolas Cage shows up and he's yelling about bread and his hand. And yeah. you know, you find out what the grudge is with his brother. And there's that like sinking feeling in your heart where you're like, Oh no. Right. Um, it was very quickly replaced uh, by me where it was like, I'll watch it though. Like I'll happily watch this also. Uh, 'Cause honestly, if the whole movie had just been him talking about how bread is life, I would have watched the shit out of that also. <laughs> like <laughs> I was already kind of getting sold on the movie being too much from that point forward. But then I like I was pleasantly surprised when they reined it back in.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was I was as well. I was very happy to see that. Um and and I, I think that uh yeah, it's a great role for Nicholas Cajun, and, and he does a he ultimately did do a really good job with it. Um, what did you think of the movie as a whole, though? the
0: The movie as a whole. Uh, one final note about Nicolas Cage, kind of to ease into my thoughts about the movie as a whole. There are a lot of pet peeves that I have with romantic comedies as a genre. I think, probably especially in this time period when you know they're we're developing some of those tropes, um, and I think this one. I think Nicolas Cage in this one, the fact that he is so ridiculous and over the top as a person really undoes some of the damage that I have, like, (laughs) with these kind of, you know, because you see people and they fall in love instantly and it irritates the shit out of me. And watching Nicolas Cage be so intense about, like, his love life being over and he's dedicated to his serious bread work um. It just really helps sell it after the fact where, like, she gets up to leave, she's feeling bad, and he immediately is like, I love you, and you fully believe that this is a character that would fall in love with someone this fast. And then his, his like, whole request about the opera uh just like if i could have the two things i love most in the same place you know and it just it's believable for him he shows up he has breakfast at the house you don't question that he's the kind of person that can do this um and even like his brother at the end doesn't question why his brother is proposing to his ex-fiance like at the the breakfast table you know it's just him being so silly really sells me on the movie also being very silly and before we get to any of that i think the movie is great like it's just entertaining you know it it works because it's there's stuff going on that there are characters that i like there are like these weird little visual gags that just work outside of this being a very over-the-top instantaneous they're in love and there's drama, kind of romance, you know. Like yeah. it works.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really did enjoy this film, and it was one I had put off watching this up until what I basically thought was going to be the last minute, um, <laughs> yeah. because I was convinced I wasn't going to like this movie. Um, I did enjoy this movie. This movie's not quite a, what I was expecting it to be. Um, it, it it's not really so much a romantic comedy as it is almost like a family drama um, or a family comedy, I guess. Um, more than anything I, yeah. else, and I just enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the family. Um, you know, I just I, I enjoyed the whole thing. I thought I, I thought it was really well done. Um, so yeah, I, I really did enjoy enjoy the movie overall. Um, I, I had some some well, first of all, I <laughs> I did say uh, this is the most Italian movie I think I've ever seen.
0: This is by far the most Italian movie I have ever seen in my life right. and it starts <laughs> early. <laughs> like-
1: yes. It does. And It never stops. Um uh I loved even like the little characters in this movie. I mean there's the uh the old lady at the airport at the beginning of the movie who's like she says she put a curse <laughs> on the plane. Like I yeah. just want to I just want to hang out with that lady all day and hear her talk shit about everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. You absolutely I <laughs> uh, and you sent in the group chat you were like you know talking about how italian the movie was like 20 minutes in and i had no idea what you meant like i didn't know what to be prepared for uh and it you know like five minutes in, it was like oh (laughs) like i instantly saw it because there were just a lot of uh everyone was such a character in this you know and we got to see a lot of different facets of people and but there were just these very uh and i understand also why you had talked about lifting uh mikey's ban for this one because i do have questions now about italian culture where it's like normal
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it there were some there were some questions that, that i did have about it um but, uh, you know, it, it felt uh, another thing and another reason that I probably liked it a lot was it had the feel to me of um, of a Woody Allen movie. And I've talked before about how much I like his movies. Basically, um, you replace a, a neurotic New York Jew with neurotic New York Italians and you've got uh, this is just a Woody Allen movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um Even a lot of the cast has, has been in um, many of his movies before, uh, but it had the feel and, and even kind of the look. of a a Woody Allen movie. Um, so I, I really did enjoy that. Um, do you have any idea cat? Why in God's name, they were putting sugar cubes in champagne.
0: (laughs) I have no idea. This is why (laughs) I was confused enough about that, that I was questioning whether or not it was champagne, you know, (laughs) like I was trying to figure out what drink you would put a sugar cube in. And, I, I came up with nothing. I have no theories,
1: yeah. I have no no idea what that's about. And this is why we need Mikey here, but he's he's been banned from the show. He, um,
0: and he's been doubling down on that ban.
1: Like, he really he's been has out of control. He, he really has. Um, I also noted that uh, that there was um I, I, the timeline threw me off a little bit uh, because her fiance was supposed to be in Palermo for a month, I believe. Yeah. Um but it during this uh movie we saw the full moon about 6 times I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Is there a full moon in Brooklyn every night? What's going on? <laughs> uh,
0: so I I that was also something I was going to ask you about because it's Obviously Moonstruck uh it's a part of the movie. I, I was wondering if that was like a full moon or if that was supposed to be if the moon was just supposed to look Bigger, as like a narrative point to mm-hmm. the two of them falling in love. Like I, I was confused about that as well.
1: Yeah, I found that because uh, I feel
0: like only a week passed in this.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he says he's going away for a month, but and then when he comes back, he's come back early.
0: He's come back early, and so at seen... most it can be like a few weeks.
1: Right, and we have seen no fewer than three or four what appear to be full moons to me,
0: and. And I'm honestly, I think this movie, I I could be wrong. I feel like this takes place over the course of about a week because she also doesn't do any wedding planning outside of contacting the brother, even though she's really adamant, like up until the end that she's going to marry her fiance. So, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I feel
0: like he just comes back immediately.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He does. Yeah. He's, he's gone. because it's a miracle. And his mother's healed. Um, yeah. Because um,
0: he's getting married to a woman that he immediately breaks up with.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> Which, um, like, I almost understand, like, if that had been... That was kind of a weird plot point. Um, And I know it's just because it's at the end and it's rushed and we have to do the big romantic gesture still and everything. But I, I did question the logic there, where it was like... I. Because he says that they can't get married because he's worried his mom will die, but then he asks for the ring back and it's like, if they were going to be perpetually engaged, I would kind of understand it, you know, right. where it's like the anticipation of our wedding is keeping my mother alive, but breaking up with the woman like that just seems like he's trying to kill his mother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got to get this over with. Yeah, 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 Um, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed a lot of the little touches they put in this movie too. Like when uh, at the beginning when she gets engaged and she comes home and she's gonna tell her father and she yeah. says she's got some news and her dad's like, okay, let's go into the kitchen.
0: Let's go into the <laughs> kitchen. You,
1: that's where you give news. That's where you have the talks in the kitchen. I yeah. like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, there that were felt a lot like of... a very
0: real Italian tradition
1: to me. <laughs> <laughs> it does, right? Um, there were just a lot of uh, great characters in this movie. I, I really enjoyed um all the performances. Um, I I thought Olympia Dukakis was fantastic as her mother.
0: Um, Oh, she might have been my favorite, other than Nicholas Cage. She might have been my favorite character. Yeah,
1: yeah, she was great. Um, her uh, wait, was it? I think it was actually her father-in-law, right? Was it? It was his father, right, that lived with him. His father with the dogs. Yeah, he was. uh, He was very in it very little, but um, I did enjoy him, and he's the one who who gives the line that I guess gives the movie its title about the. What is it? Something about the moon bringing a woman to a man, or something?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, all the, all the uh, sort of side characters were were really well done, and and the performances were great. I just overall, I was really just thrilled with this movie. I and I again another case where I went in with a preconceived notion of what this movie was going to be, and it turned out not to be that at all. Yeah,
0: and we talked about it, we touched base just a little bit, where where I said that I didn't really like romantic comedies. And you said this was more of a drama. It's interesting because I went in with the preconception that this was going to be a romantic comedy. Um, that's what I thought it was. It, it does feel more, it, it feels more like a drama all the way through, I guess. But I laugh more... And it had a stronger romance than like any rom-com that I could name, you know, like it, it it works. It just, it's a very unique kind of a movie and it, it's still not the kind of movie that I would watch. Like I wouldn't put it on for myself probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But man, I had such a great time watching it. Like, I'm so glad to have seen this. And if so, and now, now that I know what it is, now that I know that it's not just like a silly, also i did not know i had never seen Cher act before i knew that she was an actress mm-hmm. i was blown away by like how good she is at acting you know yeah, like
1: I, I haven't seen a lot of her movies the movie i've seen her in that i remember the most is mask she's very good in mask um Not the mask with Jim Carrey, but a movie called Mask. Uh, (laughs) uh, I I remember her in that. I knew she was a good actress. It's just normally the kind of movies she's in are not the kind of movies that I watch. um, Yeah, typically speaking. Now, um, but
0: now that I've seen this, if someone else put it on, I would happily watch it again. You know, like I, I was really impressed.
1: Yeah, like I told you, I'll probably end up picking up the Blu-ray of this thing just to have it around. Because I can't see it being, I it might not be something I watch a lot, but I can be see it, for me at least, being something that I throw on to watch every now and then. Yeah. Um, my uh, old college roommate, Mike, uh, mm-hmm. he hit me up. I, I guess he listened to our last episode and heard us talking about Moonstruck as a romantic comedy. Um, and he he hit me up and he he said, the thing about Moonstruck is it's less romantic comedy and more neurotic, well-to-do New York Italians comedy. It's been a long time, but I've <laughs> always enjoyed it. Um, so I did have that. I, I knew that going into it. That was sort of in the back of my mind that maybe this isn't going to be what I think it is. And I still kept putting it off. Um, but once I sat down to watch it, I immediately understood what he was talking about. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know... Um, mike has known me for a long time cat and i you're probably jealous huh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> he he knew me back in the day when i was really obnoxious
0: <laughs> i am that that's a terrifying sentence <laughs> right there i'm also jealous of his ability to describe a moonstruck like that was spot on
1: <laughs> yeah yeah uh well you know mike is uh he's italian so he's uh He's big on that too. Uh, you know, he finds a, a movie about an Italian family. He's, he, I think he he just can relate to it ultimately. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to hit him in a different way. Um, but yeah, I, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Uh, I don't know what else I can really say about it. I, I, I don't, I don't have any complaints at all. Like the music was perfect in the film. I loved, uh, some of the songs they chose. Um, the performances were all good i thought it looked fantastic i mean is, is there anything else you want to touch on
0: um if i had one complaint about this movie uh it would be I, I and also about nick cage um the first i i talked a lot about how he kind of sells the plot for me uh and i think he does a great job overall the first time that they have sex that <laughs> the uh the chemistry was weird like yeah. there was that one scene where he's taking her to bed and i couldn't tell i wasn't sure if it was supposed to be funny you know and that was why it didn't feel off but like they had started like it like the kiss before that they have like this really urgent kiss you know mm-hmm. Um and it's really passionate and they they figure it out and then he doesn't seem to know what he's doing as he's carrying Sher to bed right. like there was this one moment where it almost felt like Nicolas Cage as an actor was confused as to how he was carrying Sher to bed <laughs> that kind of seemed to tra- transcend the character you know yeah it was like, that was a
1: little awkward yeah yeah. And,
0: yeah and that was like that was the one example I took down there were a couple moments in this movie where I was kind of like what um. But overall, I I really was impressed. I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, so did I. So did I. Um oh I did want to ask you, have you ever been to the opera?
0: I've never been to the opera. Right.
1: I went one time and uh, talk about a fish out of water. <laughs> I uh I, I had you never I, get your
0: hair done first. Dude, so. <laughs> I had no
1: I had no concept of what going to the opera meant. Um, but I was in a a comparative literature course in college and we had to go see this opera was based on a poem or some bullshit. I don't even remember now, but um, this girl that I knew um, she had season like opera tickets or whatever to the university's opera thing, whatever the hell it is. I don't know. So I, I, she was like, Oh, you can use my extra ticket if you want. I was cool. All right. So I go to pick her up and I, I show up there And I'm literally wearing like jeans and a button up. Um, And she comes out and her hair's all done. And she's wearing like a prom dress and stuff, you know? So, yeah, I felt bad. I felt bad for her. And then we got there. And again, I have no reference for the opera. All I know is rock concerts. So the lights go down and I'm like, woo, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I embarrassed the shit out of her. And, you know, lucky for me, uh, most of my life, I haven't really had, i'm not prone to being embarrassed so i was just kind of like yeah whatever (laughs) but uh yeah that that was my one opera experience
0: that is one of my biggest fears of going to the opera because it's one of those you know i i don't have a lot of interest in the opera but i feel like it's one of those like bucket list experiences that i should have Mm -hmm. you know but i i do really worry i get caught up on what uh, dress codes are to places and it would not be the first time that I've shown up somewhere. But then I'm also worried because I've, I've also been this person where I get invited to something and I think it's fancy and then I overdress and it's like, I'm uncomfortable for no reason. <laughs> uh, I, and I have this great fear because you always see people like dressing up, like the prom dresses.
1: Mm-hmm. That's like
0: a huge thing in movies and shows and you know you see people getting dressed in like these ridiculous things to the opera. I have this fear that i'll like go out of my way to find a prom dress right. uh to wear to the opera and then everyone else is going to be like dressed like a normal human and i'm going to feel very silly
1: All right. well i will tell you that was not my experience when i went to the <laughs> opera um i was i was vastly underdressed but whatever um and and i will say this too if you get a chance and it's the right thing like because i really enjoyed it it, w- it was really good Um, I just uh, didn't quite fit in. But again, it's not something I've usually ever concerned myself with.
0: (laughs) I will say the closest experience I've had, and we actually, the callback to Slasher Radio, I think you were the one that told me uh, that Hamilton had a tour that they were going on tour that i would be able to see them mm-hmm. i got hamilton tickets uh i went uh to like ohio's fanciest playhouse to go see hamilton and it was a very weird like i ended up i wore like a casual dress but on the in the aisle in front of me, they're all wearing jeans and t shirts. In the aisle behind me, they're all wearing like prom dresses and suits yeah. and stuff. And I was like, I, this is lined up very fortunately for me because I've fallen <laughs> like dead center in between these two, but I very easily could have looked like an asshole here. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'd have been like two rows back, I'd yeah. look like an idiot. Yeah.
1: Well, you go to these things, and uh, you know, if it's not <laughs> something you do on a regular basis, you don't, you don't know what you're supposed know. to wear. Yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. How
1: the fuck? and it's not like it's not like they say on the website or anything you know what are you gonna do? call them and be like hey how are people dressing for this Excuse show you know? yeah, yeah 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 it it can be a weird thing but uh and it sounds like honestly we still don't know how you're supposed to dress at cleveland's finest playhouse i still don't know
0: <laughs> like a wide uh, spectrum there my, my new uh plan is to avoid <laughs> <laughs> cleveland's finest playhouse it,
1: uh it sounds like going to the olive garden you know how sometimes you go to olive (laughs) garden and like you'll see one booth where people are like wearing suits and stuff like they're out for a fancy meal and then like next Mm -hmm. to them and the next booth is like a dude in flip-flops and shorts you know
0: (laughs) i remember uh my best friend and i took a trip to new york once and we came back via bus which was awful to begin with but then his uh his mom picked us up uh from like the bus station and was like let's grab something to eat before you know the because it, it was still like an hour drive back into town uh and she's like let's pick up something to eat and we stopped at olive garden and they were having like a they were having like a bridal brunch at the table next to us and i was wearing like pajama pants and like (laughs) (laughs) my fucking sports bra at the olive garden like i hate this
1: (laughs) yeah that's what the olive garden is though olive garden is weird olive garden is white trash (laughs) fancy right like (laughs) it is it's just that's what it is so you can really pretty much wear whatever you want at olive garden and fit in it's 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 nice
0: it's a it's a good experience yeah yeah
1: (laughs) um all right so we have gone far yeah, afield of moonstruck but yeah um <laughs> that's this, all right uh should is, we
0: this is the moonstruck experience is this <laughs> little uh like slice of life madnesses?
1: <laughs> uh should should we get into the bees for moonstruck
0: uh yeah let us get into the bees <gasps> Whoa, what is that what is that what is it oh no, no not the bees not the bees ah
1: All right, we rank these movies with two scores. The first one is our Nick Cage score, and that is the score of not only Nicolas Cage's performance, but how the movie uh, used Nicolas Cage. And Kat, what do you give Moonstruck for a Nicolas Cage score?
0: Okay, so this is actually, this rivals my highest Nick Cage score so far. I gave this a nine. Um and part of that is for Nick Cage's performance in this, but I also think, which wasn't perfect, but it was my favorite part of the movie still. Uh, and also I think they utilized him very well, uh, because I think if they had put him in, usually it's like they could have just put him in way more and it would have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think if they had put him in any more, he would have been too ridiculous for the plot. Like he yeah. could have... This was a slippery slope, and I think they did a really good job figuring out the correct amount to use him in this.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree with that. I I think that um, normally it it is a situation where um, I want more Nicolas Cage. I've said that many times about many of these movies that we've already watched. I wish it would have had more of him. I think this is um, uh, much more of an ensemble piece. Mm -hmm. And if there's too much of him, it turns into a different movie. Um, and I, I think the performance he turned in was uh, ultimately good. Although, again, that first time he shows up scared the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. I, I didn't quite go as high as you, but not uh, not low either. I gave this in. A, I gave this one an eight.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so I'm sitting at an eight for Moonstruck. I,
0: I actually had it at an eight just off of his performance. But the more I thought about it, the more I really was impressed with how they utilized him. Mm-hmm. You know
1: yeah it is Uh, i
0: think out of all of the other than maybe like birdie i feel like this is the best utilization of nick cage yeah
1: yeah because it really was a delicate like balancing act uh, because they really there was the potential for him to ruin this movie i I saw it very early (laughs) um but he didn't and it it, it turned out to be a very strong movie um cat what do you give moonstruck overall as a film
0: overall i'm giving moonstruck an eight um, okay. i think it's really good i had a great time watching it i i don't know that i would watch it again of my own accord just because it's not the kind of movie for me but critically like i don't have any complaints about this they did a phenomenal job
1: right all right um i will watch this again um uh this is as you know i'm a big old softy um and so this is a movie that's right up my alley um but uh, surprisingly, honestly, you gave it a higher score than me, but not by much. I, I give this one a 7.5 overall. Um, I really did enjoy Moonstruck uh, a lot more than I expected to. And, uh, yeah, it's it's probably one that I will end up revisiting at some point. But, uh, yeah, very strong movie um, all the way through. And, uh, again, I'm a big Woody Allen fan, and this one, um, to me, felt like a Woody Allen film in a lot of ways.
0: But more Italian?
1: Yes, yes, more Italian, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's, uh, that's going to be it All for right. our discussion of Moonstruck. Um, but
0: we do have a little bit of, uh, post discussion housekeeping today.
1: Yes. So we talked about doing this like every 10 episodes. Um, mm-hmm. we are going to, um, go through and give our top five Nicholas Cage movies that we've seen so far. We're not going to get into the ones that we haven't gotten yeah. to on the podcast yet. Um, so this one, basically, um, we're just ranking the, the top half of the movies that we've watched so far.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so I, I guess we'll we'll do this simply starting at number five, and we'll just sort of uh, snake through. So you'll give your number five, okay. I'll give mine back and forth like that. Does that sound good?
0: Yeah, that sounds good. I think you're going to not be pleased with my number five. Okay. Um, it is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which okay. makes the top five, but it's... I. It's low. It's lower than I thought it would be.
1: <laughs> yeah. Lower. Lo- yeah. Okay. All right. Um, my number five is The Cotton Club. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, It had a lot of problems as we, I think we talked about a lot of the problems it had on the show, but I really just overall just enjoyed it. It's sort of like um, sometimes things can be a mess, but you still just enjoy the mess. And that, yeah. <laughs> that was sort of my feelings on The Cotton Club, I guess. Uh, what do you have at number four, Kat? moonstruck
0: is that my number four
1: my number four is also moonstruck oh yeah um yeah as we said i just really uh it was caught off guard by how much i enjoyed this movie
0: yeah i I, going in i did not think this was going to make my top five
1: yeah that was (laughs) um what do you have at number three
0: i have raising arizona at number three
1: okay uh my number three is fast times at ridgemont high okay (laughs) uh what do you have at number two
0: uh, at number two, uh, <laughs> just to piss you off, no, uh, genuinely at number two, I have Rumblefish.
1: Yeah, I, I expected Rumblefish to be in your, <laughs> in your top five. That was, yeah. I don't know, that might be the biggest disagreement we've had on one of these movies so far.
0: I think our biggest score difference might actually be Peggy Sue Got Married. It's uh, that or Rumblefish.
1: Yeah, uh, it's actually exactly the same. oh (laughs) yeah it's exactly the same difference of five points uh on those uh okay where are we at number two is that my number two yeah number two
0: um
1: my number two is birdie okay um this is a a movie that uh, again caught me completely off guard never even heard of it before we started this show uh but i really really enjoyed it um what do you have a number one
0: uh number one i have birdie okay so Yeah, just clearly you
1: enjoyed it, also. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Um, and my number one is uh Raising Arizona, our Um, first
0: perfect 10 out of 10. For
1: yes, yeah, I just Raising Arizona is just fantastic. I mean, there's just it doesn't miss at all. Um, so uh, that's where we are right now. We'll do that about uh, I I think we said every 10 episodes, so uh, every 10 episodes we'll check in and see how things have changed in our top five, and hopefully. Uh, you know, just for the sake of being interesting, it mixes up some. It'd be really I'm really,
0: uh, I'm really worried about this, not overall, because I think when we get to the more modern ones, my list is going to be changing up pretty frequently. He's been doing some great stuff mm-hmm. like the last several years. I do worry that there's going to be a stretch in between right now mm-hmm. and like our next, like, possibly 20 movies. My top.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll see. Well, oh, maybe there's got to be some but surprises in there. Like, I'm
0: already honestly surprised that uh, by some of the ones I three of uh, two of these are movies I had never heard of before Mm. we started this podcast. Yeah. Uh, And one I was actively avoiding uh, (laughs) because I.
1: (laughs) I do think also it's a weird sort of um, ranking to kind of put together because. Um, it's weird to when you're when you're like trying to decide what you like best. Is it Raising Arizona or Birdie because they're such different <laughs> movies that they it's are just, really different. It's really it's just it's impossible to really kind of compare the two. I love both of them um, for very different reasons, you know. Um, and but, I was
0: in kind of a weird position with this one because like even just going by numbers, Moonstruck and uh, Raising Arizona have the same score for me. So it was like, right? What? but they're weird movies to put side by side. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so it, it's going to be a little tougher to put this list together than uh, than maybe I initially thought when I had the idea of doing that. But I just thought it'd be some kind of fun to do to check in every every now and then and, and see which yeah. ones have been our favorites or whatever. Um, next week we will be talking about the 1989 movie Vampire's Kiss. Um, Yes. Have you seen this?
0: I have seen this. Okay.
1: I know that this is a beloved movie. I didn't Um,
0: know this was coming up. This might be my equivalent of Raising Arizona. Okay. Uh, for you, where, like, I've seen it a bunch of times, but it's been a long time.
1: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So, nervous about the rewatch but excited to see it again
1: okay yeah um i i know that this uh this has developed a cult following uh over the years i hear people say really good things about it all the time i've never watched it um it's just one that i you know i missed when it came out and i just never got around to seeing. i am looking forward to checking that out um so that is coming up next week vampires kiss here on the nick F woo cage cast uh cat that i i think is gonna do it where can people find you
0: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Cat underscore Velour. You can find me on Instagram and Blue Sky Social at just Cat Velour. Uh, Check out my website, CatVelour.com. And uh, this is going up tomorrow. You have one day exactly left (laughs) to pre-order my book, (laughs) Revenge Arc.
1: Yeah, so get over there and and get it done. (laughs) Get that pre-order of Revenge Arc in. You can also find me on uh, on X at... uh, (laughs) at radio rob123 it's being forced upon me now it's now an x on my phone cat the bird's gone it's just an. I still
0: have the bird I wish I still
1: had the bird I don't want this stupid x thing on my phone but there it is
0: it looks like you have a porn app on your phone it does like I've been seeing the screenshots and stuff and it's
1: like this isn't good no no it does I'm not crazy about that Um, thanks to cat I'm also now on blue sky social you can find me there radio rob123 and then whatever i don't know how that works yet i haven't quite figured it all out but everybody seems to have a dot blue sky thing after i don't know what the hell that is but
0: oh uh, yeah i have no idea yeah but look around
1: (laughs) you'll find me there um and you can listen to the other show the cat and i do together it's all about horror movies called slasher radio wherever you were listening to the nick fucking woo cage cast and cat uh i'll see you next week when we do vampires kiss
0: sounds great